We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. From the WEEI Studios. Brought to you by DuckDuckGo. Privacy simplified. The home of the Red Sox. 93.7 WEEI-FM and HD1. Lawrence, Boston. An Odyssey station. One can't help but be positive. And Newton! The other can't help but be negative. Bleep you, you bleeping bleepity bleep. The only thing they seem to agree on is that they can barely agree on anything. Blah, blah, blah. I'm Andy Hart. Uh, I'm not happy yeah. about this. It's sports radio for the passionate fan. What's up, Nick? And grumpy dad in all of us. That is just so stupid. Fitzy and Hart. Yes, I've been listening, Andy. On Boston Sports Original. I like the way Andy Hart does it. Might have Nick just take over. W-E-E-I. Third and final hour of this mid-July Saturday afternoon Fitzy and Hart program, as the coaches in college like to say, for the, the best interest of the program. I am Andy Hart, back from vacation. It is good to be back. It is good to be headed towards football season. Indeed. And Kyrie Thompson is that voice you just heard. He is a football writer for WEEI.com, the host of First and Foxborough, the newest, brightest podcast here on WEEI.com and Odyssey. By the way, if you want to listen to our podcast, the easiest way is to download the Odyssey app. But you can, of course, get them all your other traditional uh, podcast sites and services. And we would appreciate it. We do put a lot of work into those as well as the website promoting those and doing different things. So we all know it's a multimedia world. Audio is the uh, the wave of the present. Getting your audio on demand. And you can do that in the Odyssey app. This afternoon, we've talked a lot of Red Sox. We're talking about a team that was scuffling. They only seemed to beat the Yankees over the course of the last week. Yeah, no big deal, right? Yeah, no big deal. Best team in baseball. We're on a historic pace at one point. I find it interesting, too, that we've spent all afternoon talking about Devers, the future of Devers, to some degree Bogarts as well. Yes. And they're playing the Yankees, and the story in New York in the midst of this season they are having is Aaron Judge. Aaron Judge, yep. And his Mm -hmm. future. Yes, And then... I've even seen sort of on Twitter and, you know, the various just sort of pontification. I would just play in radio throwing things out there like, what if Judge went to Boston and Devers ends up in New York? Oh, my God. Which I find interesting. I don't really want that because Judge is older. He's bigger. I still marvel at the fact that a man of his size plays center field. And I think over the course of his career, A, that's going to stop. But B, there's probably some wear and tear that could lead to some things down the road. So, but that's that's what we're talking about. Two franchises, you know, the old uh, arms race yeah. in the AL East. And you also don't want to have to hate Rafael Devers, right? Correct. If he goes to the Yankees. Correct. And I, do I do I want to like Judge? Because I don't dislike Judge right now. I'm, I'm very neutral on Judge. You want to know who, who I, I honestly low-key kind of like? Is actually Giancarlo Stanton. Me too. I've been a fan of his for a minute, though. And that's the thing. Like, yeah, he came to the Yankees. You got to hate him and and all that. But there is just something really fun about watching that dude just, like, smite the baseball. And then, and then also to come around third base and take a handoff and, and take it all the way home. Right. Come on. Who doesn't like that? The, 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 the grip it and rip it mentality 
who I mean, beer league, softball, whatever you want to call it. The guy who's just trying to absolutely destroy just a baseball. Hit a ball 178 miles an hour every that single en- time. That entertains me. And I know he's a frustration for some people with injuries and all. But, but whatever. I like seeing people hit the ball a long way. Uh, Matt in Rhode Island has been hanging on for a while. And he is going to be our go-to phone call here. Because we're going to talk stocks. We'll continue to talk stocks at 617-779-7937. But we're going to transition into some Patriots. And I think Matt has that idea on his mind. What's up, Matt? Yeah, you guys. Yeah, can you hear me? Okay, perfect. Okay, cool. Oh, uh, yeah. Just I, I, I don't think much of the Sox chance of to take it all this year. And just quickly on LeBron James, who I've never had a problem with. I think he's obviously a top five basketball player of all time. But when you join a group um, to buy the Boston Red Sox, and then you you go back and kind of backhand our, our Celtics fans as being you know racist, it's kind of confusing. But to LeBron, the reason why they brought you into the Fenway group is uh, only as a pawn, LeBron, so they can get that NBA franchise. So uh, stay good, my man. But anyway, the segue into uh, the Patriots, I want to know what you guys think about these young Patriots like Perkins, McGrone, Duggar, and if, if they can kind of breed some life and some speed into our defense because that's actually what I'm more concerned about this year over the offense with everyone dwelling on not having a number one receiver. I just – I'm not that worried about that. Um, but I am concerned about the defense. So um, what do you guys think? All right. Thanks for the call, Matt. First of all, I think you were just highly disrespectful to one of the three people you mentioned. Because I he, Matt brought up the defense speed, the whole thing, and he said Perkins, McGrone, and Duggar. The, one of those things is not like the other. One of those things is third-year safety Kyle Duggar, who I believe we might be calling third-year Pro Bowl safety at the end of the season. I think that there is a there is a significant chance we're talking about that guy as being the best player on the defense slash maybe one of the best players on the entire team by the end of this year. And even if he doesn't reach the levels which you and I clearly like, he's played for two years. Played. On the field, doing things. We have, playing. We have literally not seen either one Perkins of those other and McGrone, guys. They are... They're hypotheticals. They're good ideas. They're like, I fancy myself an idea man. So I'm like in the shower. I come up with like, gee, I wonder why they don't have a, an airplane that flies in circles the same speed as the radar so it's never seen by the radar. Those are dumb ideas. Sometimes they come to fruition. Sometimes they're stupid. They're fun. I don't know if McGrone or Perkins can play one or the other. I will say, for Matt's point, bigger point, I think, somebody in that group of Perkins, McGrone, Uche, like young linebacker, Somebody better be able to play or they're in trouble. Yes, and and I think that is absolutely the point. I Okay, the offense, we obviously have a lot of questions about the offense because Mac Jones, coordinators, receivers, right? Offensive football is, is what really drives conversation yes. these days, and that, that's, that's what makes the money. It's a sexy topic and all of that. But, again, like when you break down the position groups on this team, most of the good ones that you find, they're on offense, Right. Or except for safeties, which I think the safety position group might be the best one on the entire roster. But man, those corners, the edge rushers and the linebackers, it's kind of problematic. And and I think some of the question is the safety position is good and deep. Can a safety position, which is kind of a tweener between linebacker and corner, cover up for a lack of playmaking depth ability at linebacker and corner like can Devin McCourty help cover up your inefficiencies or your your lackings your failings at corner and can Adrian Phillips and Kyle Duggar or Jabril Peppers help cover up for your failings at linebacker or do you end up 
stretching those guys sort of too thin and out of position. Right, and, and and that's the interesting thing, right? You bring up Devin McCourty being, you know, can he cover up for, you know, certain things. One of the things that, you know, I, I saw a story by Doug Farrar, um, you know, from a touchdown yeah. wire, where he was talking about Devin McCourty being one of the three best safeties in football. And I was like, okay, that's a little bit rich. Seems but, high, feels yeah, high. Yes, absolutely. <laughs> when, when you think about, you think about it though, so so much of his value, right? Like people look at interceptions, right? He had three interceptions last year. Like like Duggar and Phillips had four. They had more than he did, and and so he doesn't necessarily make all those impact shiny plays that everybody looks for. Like oh yeah, that's the best safety in the league. But so much of what a good safety does is stop plays from ever happening, right? And he's very good at that still. So so there is that, and I think that to an extent, right, you could, you could look at Kyle Duggar and Adrian Phillips as being, you know, kind of those tweener, you know, linebackers that can come up, play in the box and stuff the run, and you're really kind of working on Duggar, like, can you be a guy that can lock down a tight end, or, or can you play in the slot? And they have that kind of versatility. I don't know that you want to lean on that all the time. Jabril Peppers, I think, is actually a, a really interesting thing if he can stay healthy. The idea that, like, okay, yeah, like, we could literally put you anywhere. You could play the deep part. You could play in the box. You could maybe play some slot corner. Mm-hmm. He's got that kind of twitchiness and, and explosiveness. But it still doesn't help the fact that unless you decide you're going to play four safeties all the time, those linebackers are going to be on the field at some point. Those cornerbacks, I, I mean, John Jones being a really good slot corner is nice, but who are your outside corners? And who's where's your pass rush coming from aside from Matt Judon and Christian Barmore? Right? It's a lot of you got live a lot of ifs. A lot who, of negative doing, tone to those questions. Who's, who's doing this? You know, <laughs> all over the place. Yeah. Okay, so let's flip the script a little bit, though. You just said it, Mac Jones offense. It's the story. It's what sells. And Mac was uh, available lately, uh, yesterday actually, for an event for Hood promoting their ice cream, which I'm all for promoting ice cream in the summer. I love ice cream in the summer. Found a new ice cream place down my way. Uh oh, Nutter ice cream. It's fluff ice cream. No wonder you've been talking butter. about fluff a lot today. Yeah. Yeah, and I've actually revisited fluff in general because fluff in the Biscoff butter. <laughs> fluff I mean, is underrated. It really sure. is. Yeah, it is. Fluff, fluff and utter. I mean, you keep it in the house. It's like a go-to. You can put it in your hot chocolate, but you can, oh, it's good. Anyway, I get sidetracked with food very easily. Uh, and Mac Jones may have used to been a guy that got sidetracked by food very easily, but it sounds like, and he talked to Phil Perry from NBC Sports Boston, sounds like he's really reined that in as part of his year two jump to leader and better body, better quarterback for your New England Patriots. So why was it important for you to make those physical changes that you've made this offseason? Yeah, I think it's uh, important to assess everything, and that was one of the things I wanted to improve, and I made significant strides in that area, fixing my body and feeling comfortable and feeling healthier and better. Um, but, you know, it's at the end of the day, you're you're still a human and you want to you know eat what you want to eat, but you have to be disciplined as best you can. And um, ice cream, hood ice cream is one way to do it, so that's what I do. For my for my my late night dessert, <laughs> have you seen those changes that you've made translate already? Have you noticed changes? Are you feeling it for your arm? That was another yeah. thing we spoke about months ago. You're talking about arm strength. That's something I want to improve. Is that something that you felt so far this offseason? Yeah, I think it's all it all goes back into just trying to become a better player in person, and that was my goal this offseason. And I feel better. I feel confident, and that's what's important. And I'm just going to try and go in there and do my thing and lead everybody and. Uh, help us come together as a unit. So that's kind of what it's all about. And um, the offseason is a great time to sit back, you know, relax a little bit, but also try and make strides and where you want to make strides. So I feel like I've done that. So I'm going to ask you a simple question that may not have a simple answer. We both watched him throughout the spring, and we have whatever our thoughts are about what he did and what his body looks like and all these things. 
Are you more excited for the potential for Mac Jones to grow physically or mentally slash build on his experience in his second year? I feel like if you're talking about what is actually going to provide more results for him, it's yeah. going to be the mental process. Because the physical, I mean, look, he can he can adjust his body, he can lose some weight, he can gain a couple more RPMs, you know, a couple miles per hour on the fastball, so right. to speak. But in the end, I mean, I don't want to equate them, you know, completely, but with somebody like a Brady, right, where the physical skills are not necessarily elite, it's the mental game. It's the how do I stay one to two steps ahead of you Every single play. That is how Mac Jones is going to be good. It do, it will not hurt for him to be better prepared to maybe do a little bit more running when it's available. Yep. You know, we're not talking about him being Michael Vick, okay? Oh, I, I thought some, we were. So some of y'all called the station tripping out on that, but <laughs> we're not talking about that. But but he's he's got to stay ahead on the mental game. That's how he's going to win. I agree. And and I think that challenge is even greater. I know Scott Pioli brought this up this week talking about finding his go-to guy. And I don't know if he even has a go-to guy on the roster in the in the sense of a real go-to guy. Like he can find his go-to guy. Like his go-to guy. Yeah, we like, know who his go-to. Is this guys my are. future wife or is just just my for now girl? Like I get along with her, but I don't think we'll be doing any long-term deals. Like I think he, that's what he's looking for. Just those relationships with his guys, but not having a go-to guy, not having a Gronk or a Randy Moss or or a Devonte Adams. You know, somebody that Carr is probably going to take a leap right now because his job should get easier. He's got the best receiver in the NFL that just joined him. He's already pretty good. Like, Carr was good. And he already has Darren Waller and Hunter right. Renfro, and now you just gave him Devontae Adams. But that that makes his job easier. For Mac, it's like, I think you have some pretty good players around you. Some comp- They're good. They're, They're not good. great. They're, They're just good. good. That puts the pressure on him every snap to find his matchup, go through his reads and his progressions and figure out which guy is my go-to guy on this play Maybe not the next play, maybe not the previous play, but on this play, get the most out of Hunter Henry, Devontae Parker, Jacoby Myers, Kendrick Bourne. That's pressure on him. Like, there's opportunity, but yeah. there's pressure. Like, you got to work a little bit harder because you can't just drop back and say, Devontae Adams is better than every guy on right. that defense. I'm throwing it to him right now. Yeah, they're, they're, I, got, I got something to talk about on that after the break, actually. Perfect. So we will lead into a little bit more Patriots talk, Mac talk, evolution of the offense. And as Matt who was our, uh, I guess, pro- producer, program director, whatever you want to call him to start this hour. He brought up LeBron James in his comments. We will listen to LeBron James' comments. We'll touch on that a little bit. And then we will finish out the final hour of Fitzy, Hart, Fitzy and Hart with Kyrie Thompson filling in here on WEEI. But first, we must trend. Your home of the Sox. Now, here's what's trending on WEEI. Here's what's trending on WEEI. Nathan Ivaldi made his return to the Red Sox rotation last night and went four in the third innings, giving up six hits and three runs while striking out four. And the Red Sox hit three home runs, including Rafael Devers going deep for his 21st of the season. And Xander Bogarts raced home with a winning run in the 11th inning on a wild pitch. It's just incredibly heads-up play. And the Red Sox stole one from the Yankees 5-4 to four in extras last night. Sox play game two of the three-game series against the Yankees tonight with Nick Pavetta on the bump opposite James Tyon. Joe Castiglione, Sean McDonough, and Will Fleming have the call with the first pitch at 7.15 across the Shaws and Star Market WEEI Red Sox Network. Shaws and Star Market, perfecting the art of fresh. Be sure to tune in to the Visit Massachusetts pregame show with The Metric Man. 
Brian Barrett at 615. Sponsored by the Massachusetts Office of Travel and Tourism. Start your Massachusetts summer adventure at visitma.com. Look, we have had a, a basically neck-and-neck battle at the Open, the British Open, all afternoon. Rory McIlroy, Victor Hovland, now at 16-under for the tournament. Six-under, both of them, on the day. They are tied for first, and Cameron Smith is third currently at 12-under. That's what's trending on WEEI and WEEI.com. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. Now, we're right back to it. Bitsy and Hart on WEEI. And streaming everywhere on the Odyssey app. Just discussing parenting, but we'll leave that for the off-air show and conversation here. Uh, Weei, Fitzy and Hart, Kyrie Thompson, uh, filling in for Fitzy, who is enjoying a little uh, Cape time. I'm assuming a little uh, beer on the beach time, whatever it may be. We've talked Red Sox most of the afternoon, but we've transitioned here into the Patriots and. Uh, Kyrie had a little uh, big market tease heading to the break, so the floor is yours, Kyrie. Yes, indeed. So, look, we were just talking about the onus being put on Mac Jones to make the right decisions on every play because you don't necessarily, at least the way it looks on paper, you don't necessarily have one guy that is like, look, I am just going to win, and you can throw me the ball at any time, and it's just going to work out. Yep. Yeah, so, so I mean, like, that. that is, I mean, that's fairly true. We've been talking about that, you know, this entire offseason, especially when you compare, as I think a lot of people have, right, you compare the Patriots' weapons to Stephon Diggs, Gabe, Gabriel Davis, and Isaiah McKenzie in Buffalo, or <laughs> Jalen Waddle and Tyreek Hill and Mike Gesicki yep. in, in Miami. It's like, yeah, it doesn't feel great to, like, have to compare them in that way. So, yeah, I mean... Again, as you mentioned, though, good. It's not. It's not horrible. No, right. I, I think people people are kind of going a little bit too far in that direction. I've talked to people that are like on the outside looking in. It's like, yeah, the Patriots don't really have like they don't have good weapons. Like they're like kind of bottom half of the league. I'm like, where is that written? Right. But okay. Before I digress too much, we were talking about Mac Jones's decision making. There was kind of a, a nerdy article that came out a little while ago. uh, from Pro Football Focus that was trying to quantify as much as possible how a a quarterback's decision translates to estimated points added per play. So basically, it's just like, look, if you make the right decision, how often does it mean good things for your offense? How much value does it add every drive? How how often does it result in you actually scoring points and winning football games? Can I ask a quick question? Yes, sir. Right decision. Who decides what the right decision is? Right. And so with that, it's like it's a number of different factors that are included. Like situationally, it could be, you know, the, the score of the game, the down and distance, right? Like, are you throwing past the sticks? It, it also involves the route on the play, the the completion probability of said route, how much 
separation, a cornerback. Mm-hmm. So there, there's like there's like a bunch of different things that are kind of folded into it, both from a situational standpoint. Like, for example, like, okay, yeah, maybe so-and-so is, is like wide open on a five-yard out, but is it third and seven? Okay. Right? So so it's like you get you, you get penalized for like, okay, yeah, maybe you made a good decision in terms of like, yeah, that guy was open, but it would, be, it would have been a better one if you had targeted somebody who was past the sticks. And is the player uh, – I know I'm asking way too many questions here. I apologize because I'm not I'm not necessarily the analytics guy that you are, and a lot of people are. So let's just say in that situation, a guy's open at third and five. Does it know the difference between if I throw to James Devlin two yards short of the sticks or I throw to Tyreek Hill two yards short so of the I sticks? So I think that that is one of the things that I don't think it quite accounts for. Okay. Um so, so like it does account for you know separation, and it, and it accounts to a certain extent for the defender that you're going against. So, okay. so quarterbacks do kind of get marked up for targeting better defenders and succeeding against them. Okay, right. So if you're going against Jalen Ramsey versus like Jack Jones, which who knows, maybe right. Jack Jones will be awesome, but for now we don't really know. We'll about see. That. Um, but we hope. Yeah, but. The, the interesting thing about it is, like, there, there's a couple of caveats, and it's a very preliminary look at it. But essentially what it showed was that there's kind of a, a, a predicted value of, like, okay, if you make, quote-unquote, the, the right decision, you throw to the person that is open, right, and, and like, that generates the most amount of yards. Like, that's considered a good decision. Okay. And there's a strong positive relationship between the predicted, like, kind of, points you'd expect to be added per play versus what actually happens. So essentially what it tells you is is like, look, there there are certain quarterbacks that more often than not make the better decisions, right? And that consistently do the right thing and put their teams in better position to score touchdowns on a given drive. On that study, Mac Jones is is pleasantly like in the top 15, which which kind of tracks well with like where he was with some of the advanced metrics he was consistently kind of seen as like a you know 11 to 15 ish quarterback last year mm-hmm. as a rookie sure the yards like weren't necessarily spectacular right he didn't eclipse four you know four thousand yards and you know he didn't like he didn't have a justin herbert rookie season right, right or anything like that but by and large he played solid football with the opportunities that that he was given. He didn't make too many horrible mistakes, especially when you're talking about a guy who was playing in his rookie season. Mm-hmm. So you can already kind of look at Mac Jones as being one of the better decision makers in a, in a relative sense at the quarterback decision at the quarterback position, and that that was like kind of what he was billed as. Yes, come, coming coming out of college. Why does that matter? Because look. When you have a, a, a scenario where you have a good but not great receiving core, that can be okay because unless the other team has locked down cornerbacks all over the place, they have a really, really good secondary from top to bottom, somebody's going to have a matchup. Mm-hmm. Somebody somebody is going to get open. So, like, okay, you, you want to take away Devontae Parker. You want to take away Jacoby Myers. Well, you still got Kendrick Bourne. You still got Hunter Henry. You have options here. Now, the question is, again, going to be how can Mac Jones elevate their performance by consistently picking the right guys. It is putting a lot on him basically to be like, look, okay, you've got to, as as you kind of hinted at before the break, you've got to find the guy who is going to be open every single time. You've got to find the right guy for the right situation every single time. And not just that, but that guy has to get open. That yeah. guy has to do their job. So there's there's a margin for error that isn't quite there when it's like, 
you look you look outside and you see Devonte Adams one on one with somebody and you're like oh that's cookies yeah or yeah. or the old days you know Brady looks out there and Gronk and it's just like <laughs> <laughs> wait they got that one guy on you <laughs> good one you're just chuckling Lob to it yourself up. right yeah it, it, it's like you really are just gonna let Gronk be out there like what fade right that's it fade it's you over. don't even you don't even think about it a hundred percent and now it, it's interesting because I do think that is the strength of Mac like he was billed as NFL ready decision maker headiness I also think his accuracy. Like if he can be, if he can not only find the matchup, but then throw a ball that's advantageous to catch and run, like in the right spot. Not he found the open guy, and then he kind of made him reach back for it, and that took away that extra step he had. And he's not the best athlete. He's not Tyreek Hill, who then turned on the Jets, and it didn't matter either way. So the combination of his upside decision making and theoretically upside accuracy should put his receivers in in spots. Now, I, I want to throw a couple things at you. I was looking around the um, the bet online odds they put out. I'm sure you get all those emails. They do a great job yeah. promoting themselves. <laughs> um, so they put out um, the over-unders for wide receivers across the NFL. I didn't count them, but a litany of receivers. There's a few things that I found interesting. First and thing that I found interesting is Kendrick Bourne didn't get any odds, so he got no respect. He didn't. They didn't give numbers for Kendrick wow. Bourne. Um, the two Patriots that got numbers were Devontae Parker, the newcomer, and Jacoby Myers, the yeah. returning leading uh, receptions guy for this team. And they were sort of similar in a lot of ways. Myers had reception total of 66.5 over under. Would you take the over or the under on Jacoby Myers to catch 66 and a half balls. I'm taking the over. The over. I, I agree with you. I think he's that kind of go-to guy. Mac, Mac, possession. Love, Mac loves yes. him. Yes. And he, he gets open and he catches the football. Like, it's really simple. Uh, yards, 725 and a half for Jacoby Myers. See, that's an interesting one because if you have more targets, like, like more, more, more pass-catching targets yeah, yeah. I, I'm, I'm talking about now, I don't know. Maybe you, uh, if Jacoby Myers isn't your only guy, maybe you spread the wealth around. So what do you have, like 866 or something like that yards receiving yeah. last year? He would have year. had the over last year. Yeah, yeah, you would have had the over last year. Does he have it this year? If, I, if, you, if you had to make me guess, I will say yes, he'll have the over. Okay. so it might, It'll be close. <laughs> Devontae Parker, 57 and a half catches. And the same number of yards, 725 and a half yards, are the numbers for Devontae Parker, the newcomer who once upon a time was a 1,200-yard receiver for the Miami Dolphins but hasn't always stayed on the field, hasn't always stayed healthy. Flip side of that is, before you answer, I think we both agreed he looked good in the spring. He now, did. Spring, shorts, nobody's hitting them. Can't, hard yeah. to get hurt. I mean, you could pull a muscle or something, yeah. but it is the spring. You're supposed to look good in shorts and, and T-shirts. Yeah, and you know what's interesting is actually watching him. He, I feel like he's a little bit quicker than I thought he was. Agreed. For, for, for being a big guy. Some, yep. of his, some of his routes are like, are you really accelerating out of yep. that break? I, I really liked it. In shorts. Yes, in shorts. Um, though, though you, you look at a guy that size and you figure, okay, you, you, you probably carry your, your pads pretty well. Like you could, sure. you could probably handle it. Now back to the numbers. I would say. So 57 and a half catches. I think your answer will be telling, by the way, I'm going to comment on your answer once you answer. Yeah. Ooh. This this is this is interesting because I'm I'm I feel like my, my, like a used ticket. My gut says under for my, well, you know what my gut says under. I don't like that negative tone. You're fired. Fitzy's got to come back soon uh, because I do. If if Parker is the over, I think that's a really good sign for your New England. Oh Rangers. yeah, if he if he's, you took the under, 
I'm not saying that's necessarily a hideous sign that you took the under if that comes to fruition, that he's under 50. But if he's over 57 and a half catches mixed in with Myers and Bourne and the returning targets that already have a rapport and a relationship and a role, I think that's a really good sign that, for this offense. That, that's, that's real nice for your offense. Honestly, the bigger reason I take the under is because this guy has only played a, a full season one time. Right. And so I'm kind of taking that into account. Not the fact that, like, I don't think he's good enough to get 57 catches. Oh, no. If he plays 16 games, I think there's a chance he's very much in that 57 catch. But the question is the health. Okay. We're going to make an awkward transition now, just like the nightly news when they go from a fun story to a death and the anchor has to go, (laughs) sad news tonight. Someone has died. Uh, So we are going from overs and unders on Patriots receptions to. LeBron James. Matt brought it up earlier. We're going to listen to the audio first of what LeBron James had to say on The Shop, which is a show that he controls. So I'm not sure how he argues that he's taken out of context any of these quotes. It's your show. But LeBron James fans the city of Boston. He has some interesting comments. In basketball, there are fans that you go play away that they can literally take the game from. You can feel like them. The fans is not going to let us win this one tonight. Yes, I mean, I mean, what places? I mean, Boston. Boston, yeah. Why, why do you, why do you hate Boston? Because <laughs> they racist as f- That's yeah, why nasty. they will say, nasty. they will say anything, and it's fine. I mean, f- my life. I mean, because I've been dealing with it my whole life. I don't mind it. Like I hear it. Like if I hear somebody like close by, I check them real quick. I move on to the game. Whatever the f- they're gonna say, whatever the f- they want to say, they might throw something on you. I mean, I got a beer thrown on me leaving the game. You know, like Boston. Is, I mean, yes, Boston. It's is, the only place in the NBA in America you go yeah. and they have like shirts that say like. LeBron. Yeah, like, it was like a, like a, section. It was like a like, LBJ t-shirt. I believe they probably sold it at the <laughs> team they, shop. No, they sold it outside the arena. No, they, <laughs> they sold it at the team shop. I'm going to get up has something to do with this. Okay, there is a lot there. A lot there. From the tone at which he delivers things. Because it actually starts out, you're like, oh, wow, he's going to praise Boston fans. Like, they're a fan base that can take the opponent out of the game. Like, that's where it feels like it's going. Then we go down a laughing racist as F comment then we go to t-shirts which we've all seen them fenway garden there's there's offensive crass t-shirts on the city of boston against opponents yankees are involved in those lebron's involved in those but then he claims they're sold in the garden they're not i can tell you that they're not now if he thinks the celtics ownership is you know peddling shirts on the side i don't know so Kyrie thompson there's a lot there we, we didn't intentionally avoid this. We had a lot of hot Red Sox chatter. We fed our fans. The calls were loaded. Um, what are your thoughts? <laughs> Open-ended. Go oh, boy. Oh, oh, boy. Uh, well, my first thought is like, man, did I not want to have to talk about this? But, but look, so, so the interesting thing, my, my first thought, honestly, is I've watched the shop a couple of times, and, man, I wish Mav Carter would just shut up sometimes. <laughs> He'd just be talking way too much. Yep. He'd be over here, like, asking a question, and he's, like, trying to talk during your answer. Like, stop talking. Right, you asked a question. Yeah. Let me yeah, talk. Yeah, seriously. Now, look, with the racist as F, you know, thing with th- that, that he just said, Obviously, I have no idea what fans have or have not said to LeBron James. I have, I am aware of the fact that he has said, like in the past, like, oh yeah, I haven't really experienced that in Boston. I don't. I think that might have been in relation to like when Kyrie Irving was right. talking about it. Uh, what last year, uh, when when he came back to the Garden and kind of did his thing, where it's just like, oh yeah, like. Uh, they're gonna they're gonna hate me and they're gonna be pissed off, but you know, guess what? They're they I just don't want them to do anything racist. And and I mean, right. like from from that standpoint, like look, I I it, <laughs> I do think that he was doing it as cover. 
Kyrie Irving, I mean. Yes. And, and, I, and I was kind of just like, why? Agreed. Why, why, why you got to do that? With LeBron James, I mean, look, I will say this. Even, I, I feel like even if, you know, he said that in the past, that oh, I haven't really experienced something, I've been in a situation personally. For those of you who, obviously you can't see this because I'm not on Twitch, I just happen to be black. Yeah. Hey, what's up? Um, but I've been in situations where something will happen in real time and I'll just kind of brush it off and I'll be like, uh, I'm not really thinking a whole lot of it. And then later on down the line, you're like, okay, wait, that was messed up, you know? And, and sometimes like other people are like, why weren't you more mad about that? Because like, that was clearly like kind of, that was something like, I mean, I went down to the Cape one time and like, I remember I popped into a restaurant with my wife and it took us like a whole hour and a half to get served in like four or five people like came into the restaurant after us and got whole plates of food and i and people were staring me down and stuff like that like you could just feel it burned on you like yeah there you you would have to be tripping to think that there's nothing out here in in, in terms of like oh yeah there's no racism right like, you you got you got to be kidding but in terms of like i i do feel like it 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 might be a low-hanging fruit thing where maybe he's talking about it in regards to other people where it's like oh yeah people have told me things but right. again i think i think that it's like that's tough, man. And I know a lot of people like Dart Adams. I don't know if you're familiar with Dart Adams. He's That's like my one of my boy. Yeah, one of one of my like favorite followers from around here. He gets really he, he gets really upset about this because he hears a lot of the chatter about, yeah, everybody in Boston is racist and stuff like that. And for one thing, I feel like it it does a couple of things. First of all, it does kind of blanket people into like this thing where everybody's racist, where it's like, yeah, some people are, but not right. everybody is. But it also kind of erases the idea that yeah there are a lot of black people here in boston right. right there's like a vibrant black and and like people of color community here and i feel like like when people say that when they when they just like kind of paint it with a broad brush it does kind of negate the fact that there are other perspectives here and other people that are thriving here that aren't all just white bostonians so stiz can i ask you to it's it's pretty short can you re-rack that because i have a problem because i think lebron on contradicts himself within his own comments very quickly. So can you re-rack that quick so the audience can hear it? Are you ready? Yep. In basketball, there are fans that you go play a way that they can literally take the game from you. You can feel like them, the fans. I know where you're going. not going to let us win this one tonight. Yes, I mean. I mean, what place? I mean, Boston. Boston, yeah. Why, why, do, you, why do you hate Boston? Because <laughs> they racist as f***. That's yeah, they why. They will, okay. say, they will say anything, and it's fine. I mean, okay, stop. Yep. If they're racist as F, it's not fine. <laughs> Can those two, like, you said sometimes you you sort of just go through situations and then later either you realize or somebody with you asks you and you realize, well, that, that's not really fine. No, it's it's not. So how can they be racist as F and they can say what they want, that's fine? No, no, no. I, like, I don't, I don't see how those, you're LeBron. You, you know, have the biggest platform voice power in the world you, you know the weirdest thing about that honestly is that it it it, it does feel very contradictory yeah. but but those are also just very those are that's kind of a thing honestly now it's you're absolutely right it's not fine and the fact that he said that what i knew exactly where you were yeah. going you were going with it when when you were re-racking the clip because it was something i had thought about but you know uh i i'd kind of let it pass out of my mind but it's like yeah, you're just kind of like, yeah, this stuff happened. You know, it's whatever. I deal with it. That honestly is just kind of part of the deal sometimes where it's like, yeah, this is messed up. Um, but, yeah, it's just part of it. I've been dealing with it for a long time. And then you get on your own again. And you think about it. And it's like, no, man, this is me this is messed up. I'm 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 pissed off about it. But again, you're almost just like kind of trying to compartmentalize that said I'm trying to speak for 
it's like I'm trying to speak for myself. Yes, and I that's all. First of I all, that's what I want to point out. You're speaking for yourself. I'm speaking for myself. Opinion. I don't, I don't know. I don't know if I can speak for LeBron James on here. I don't really know where where that's coming from. What's right. been said to him? What has or hasn't happened? I do want to get to like this one part of it, right? That that you have brought up kind of off the air, like the shirts thing, or the fact that people are saying like. F LeBron or F Kyrie or F Draymond. Like, I've been in the stands when people were yelling F Kyrie, and it's like, yeah, that's my name. I don't really like that. I don't really know how to feel about that. I've been in the stands when they were yelling F Giannis and, yep. and, and F Milwaukee, and it's like, that's just kind of what they do, and I I personally don't love it. I don't really think you need to go about it like that, but, but is that racist? It's like, not really. At the same time, there's also this part where I'm sure Bostonians would probably do it to a white player. Yes. It just so happens that most of the star players in this league are black. So sometimes it feels like that. Like it feels like that. Yes, and like my example <laughs> would be Grayson <laughs> Allen. If Grayson Allen, Grayson Allen somehow yeah. became LeBron or Giannis, like an MVP superstar, I got to deal with him in the playoffs. Player, I'm pretty sure they're going to oh. be saying f him. Oh, a thousand percent. They they took and bleed. he's white as snow. They 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 took Grayson Allen going down like get, getting shook up by Jalen Brown with glee at the guard. I was there for that game. I yes. saw I saw it live. And and yes, they hate Grayson Allen. They will go after you, like kind of regardless of who it is. It's funny though because it's it's like one of those things. I don't know if you've seen this on Twitter, but somebody is like name something that that like probably isn't racist but just feels racist. And it's like I feel like in a, in a almost joking kind of way. That's kind of how it feels. It's like yelling f LeBron or like f like whatever like black superstar player in in the garden. It's like. That probably just feels racist. Right. You know, is it actually racist? I don't know. You know, but but again, it's like there Boston has a history, yes. whether and, and I mean like it was earned back in the day, and there's some of it that's earned now. Is it earned all the time? Probably not. Right. But I mean, in in a way though, like I, as they were kind of talking about in the last hour, it is kind of low hanging fruit. That's what people think about it, right or wrong. Right. And and it the sports world in particular, our world, you're right. Like the star athletes in that league are black. So the opposition is black. Like you you have a an adversarial relationship with LeBron. And then you look and, and, at and sitting in the stands, most of them aren't black. Are white. And yeah. then you go with, well, Wes Welker was white and Tom Brady was white. And like that whole road you go down, or yeah. Larry Bird is white. And it's like, yeah, those are facts, but I don't know if they wouldn't have loved magic. Like, would they have loved Magic if Magic and Larry had swapped ends and Magic was going down the it, court? It, I with mean, like, it, if, if Magic's winning you championships, yes. then yeah. At the same time, I mean, there are always going to be that segment of people that are just like, I don't know how I feel about this uh, certain person or like this right. this style, right? And and I mean, like, I, I feel like there there was even little bit there are bits of that with Cam Newton w- when he was around where it's like oh running I mean Cam Newton was also bad right so so so, so so I mean that that didn't help his case right? <laughs> right but you see it around the league with quarterbacks right the the fact that people can't seem to wrap their head around the fact that Lamar Jackson is actually just a really good quarterback and a good football player but people are kind of preying on his downfall because he doesn't play the position the way people think it should be played right and 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 I mean again like that is defined by like largely white people, mm-hmm. you know, at the same time, it, it, it's like I'm not willing to, you know, necessarily lump that in, you know, like every single person in, in, in Boston is is racist. I also don't happen to think it's racist that like LeBron said that or that somehow it minimizes um, 
you know, like real instances of racism. Like these are discussions that need to be had. We Correct. can ha- we can talk about this, and we should be able to have these nuanced discussions and come and 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 do it without lobbying that that kind of stuff around. Right. So I'm pretty sure we just gave you our opinions over the last 10, 15 minutes or so about Boston and LeBron and being racist, as you know what, and whether it's a big deal, not a big deal. Pretty sure you're going to hear more about that this week on this station, other stations, probably on ESPN and some of their shows. That will be a topic that I think has some legs moving forward because it's Boston, it's LeBron, and it's the summer, and there aren't a ton of sports stories going on. But we've done our best. We've got one more segment to go. Fitzy and Hart with Kyrie Thompson filling in. We will be back after this. WEI. We are right back to Fitzy and Hart. Streaming everywhere on the Odyssey app. Final few minutes here of three hours of Fitzy and Hart. No Fitzy. Kyrie Thompson in the house from WEEI.com. I feel like we've touched on a lot of topics. We led with uh, a long discussion about the Boston Red Sox, where they are, where they're going financially on the field, off the field. We delved into some Mac Jones body transformation and how much he likes ice cream, but how much that might be counter to his... uh, (laughs) Body redistribution, muscle issues, things like that. Body redistribution plan. Yeah, yeah. So, and we all fight that in various points of our lives. But my final thoughts here, I think it's a sneaky, um, busy time in Boston sports. Like, you think about July and it's summer and Bill Belichick's vacationing and it's baseball all-star week and we're watching the freaking NBA summer league and that's, like, supposedly (laughs) entertainment to us. ESPN done a great job, by the way, marketing that, like, that's everywhere. It's on their airwaves. Oh, it's on yeah. their website. Suddenly, it feels like that has become something. And I'm like, wait, this is still nothing. <laughs> yeah, like li- like literally. And, and I mean, the thing is, like, we don't spend all this time. Like, okay, like at the studio right now, we've got some, like, I don't know, developmental baseball league right. thing going on right now. And occasionally you'll have, like, the Worcester Red Sox on. But for the most part, like, we're not really, like, watching minor league baseball. It's right. not on ESPN right. and ESPN2, right? But you can, but you get people really getting bought into NBA Summer League and what J.D. Davison's doing right. and all that, right? So, by the by the way, he, he, he looks like he's got, he's got some little baby John Morant in his game. Uh, I like that. I like explosion. I'm, I'm a sucker for all of that. We talked about earlier with with Stanton, Giancarlo Stanton, like, you just want to hit the baseball, I'll give you a shot. You're a basketball player, you can jump and dunk and be in line for alley-oops and show me speed and athleticism that I can't see. I'll watch you play a little. It might be sloppy at times. I might, you know, say, wow, I really wish you were a more skilled player, but I like just explosive athletes. Like, isn't that why you get into sports? To yeah. watch people do things that, that you and you can't I can't do. do. Yeah. Right? And, you know, it, it's interesting because, like, especially when it comes to basketball, and that's a, that's a reason a lot of people are like, I don't watch the WNBA. And it's like they should lower the rims so the women can dunk. And it's like, well, most of those women are still doing stuff you can't do. Correct. Like, like I, I, would just, I would just like to point that out. Like, you think you're going to, like, your rec league ass going to come up in there and, right. and play like, ah, no, 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 no not really. But, no, man, it, it's you just watching a guy just speed down the court and just elevate you know, center of mass, like 30 inches off the ground and awesome. hammer at home. There, there's, there's something just magical. Everybody, about it. everybody kind of just like, and it, we've talked about race last hour, race, age, gender. Everybody goes, Oh, like takes your breath away for, a, Oh, like, yeah. Whatever you see, a, somebody do something like that. It's just, and I think that's the root of sports. Like in this day and age of, of shifts and, and analytics and all these different things, yeah. like the root of sports is, 
if I'm watching and I stop, like pause for a second, that's awesome. Or Whatever it is. In in my case, it'll be like I'll be like, Ooh, yes, you know, so just something like this, some kind of like couch noises, like yes. or, or, or like or you get you get the stank face, like yeah, damn. damn. And uh, I'm actually hoping to see some of that. I'm heading down to Gillette Stadium, actually the PLL All Star Games hey, at Gillette. We started, just had, yeah, Paul Rabel. Yeah, talking we had about Paul that. Rabel talking about it. They are underway, I believe, the game, but then they'll have the fastest shot at halftime, which he thinks the record's going to be broken. He held the record, I guess, at 111 miles an I, hour. He, so. I heard him say he thought it was going to hit 120. 120? That's fast in anything. I don't care what, what kind of ball it is, what, how it's being propelled in that way. Like, like what's the fastest tennis serve? Uh, it's like, one, one, like yeah, 140s something or like, like something that. like that. Something yeah. crazy like that. The difference in that, though, you can choose to get out of the way. A lacrosse shot, a guy is supposed to try to stop it. He's supposed to stand in the way of it, which and the, is and the thing stupid. Is a, and the thing is a pellet. Oh, like, like absolutely. It's, it's even smaller. It's like, yeah. God, no, I would not want any part of that. It's just absolutely nuts. So I'm heading down to uh, Gillette Stadium to uh, enjoy some PLL All-Star action and then some... Uh, some fastest shot competition. What do you got for the rest of the day? I know you're very excited. Oh, I'm about to head down to a toddler's birthday party <laughs> at, at a little bit. Going to take my daughter Maya to go visit her friend Freya there. See, it, it's funny because like my daughter has uh, you know a little little group of friends. Freya and Maya are cool. The, the Freya's like she just turned two. My daughter's two and a half. But my daughter's a little short stack. This kid, Freya, is is big. Really? And, you know, yeah, but she she's a sweetheart. And then uh my my daughter has this other friend, uh Gigi. They're like they're all kind of in the same age, but like they're frenemies. It is so oh. funny. They they love each other, they'll hang out, but man, when it comes down to like trying to share things, they're pushing each other. It's mine. They're, they're like biting each other, hitting each other and stuff like that. And just like, good gracious girl. So this what mean, is, is mean, mean two year old girls. So I remember the old days, like what, what is on tap for a toddler birthday? Like, is there any alcohol served for parents? I mean, that's almost a given. Okay, good, good. Like, like, like we we go to the brewery like almost every weekend. Like, we'll okay. go hit it up, bring the kids, let them run around, and all that stuff. Perfect. There got to be drinks. Because I'm a big believer you- for the dads out there. Maybe this says something about us as men or a society or whatever. I feel like you need to have a couple beers at a uh, toddler birthday party. And then me personally, even though a lot of people don't like to mix the two, I am not afraid to also partake in the cake. Indeed. So I'm actually not a huge dessert person, which is like I feel like listening to you get so passionate about dessert. I, I like feel like dessert. I've got I've got to rethink some some of this. I'm not a huge cake person. Um, I do like cheesecake though. Cheesecake is that's mm. one of my Achilles heels is cheesecake. I've had some cheesecake the last week. My mother actually made me a cheesecake and it was pretty damn good. I chopped up some strawberries. I've been drizzling that oh. over the top. But it's funny you say that because so like you think my son, who you know is my son, we do kind of comes from me and we hang out. In the, has no interest in dessert. No, he likes to eat. He'll have yeah. wings and bacon and burgers any go. day. And you get to dessert. You want to go for ice cream? Nah, not really. See, see, for me, it was always like when we go out to a restaurant, it would always be like, look, okay, I've had my fill. I've eaten my like 20 ounce steak or whatever. And I'm like, you know, 12 years old thing, almost bigger than I am. I'm not a big person, but I, w- I would throw down. I would put down. But then I would just be like, okay, I'm ready to go now. And be like, yeah, like, do we want dessert? dessert. And everybody else will want dessert, and I'll just be sitting there like, uh, I'm trying to go. Well, I'm trying to go to the uh, PLL All-Star Game, and I know we just made people hungry mid-afternoon here, but we have, uh, we'll quench your sports thirst with Mark Dundero up next to take you, I believe, through 6 o'clock. For Fitzy, I'm Andy Hart, Kyrie Thompson. This has been Fitzy and Hart. Thank you for sharing the afternoon with us. Peace out. Peace. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. 
Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com.